entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Right now I'm just going to focus on this season. And uh, I'm excited about being here. I expect to be here uh, for the duration of the offseason. And I'm excited to get, to get to know my new teammates. Great GOP Senator Ron Johnson has no idea that the audio cut you just played and this song both pertain to him. He has no idea why. But tell him why right now. Let's bring him on. Here he is, one of our great senators from the state of Wisconsin, Ron Johnson. The song Somebody's Baby by Jackson Brown was playing in the background during a very famous scene, Ron, in the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And the characters in the scene, his name was Ron Johnson. And the audio cut you heard before that was Aaron Rodgers saying he was very excited to be a New York Jet. So the question is, Ron, outside of Bart Starr, who retired a great Green Bay Packer, Brett Favre went to Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers came to New York. Why can't you Wisconsin people hold on to your great quarterbacks? Well, I think we do for decades, yeah. and we win Super Bowls with them. We enjoy watching them, and we wish them well. Ah, so you're saying when they're washed up, they move on. <laughs> I didn't say that at all. Those, you said you're putting words in my mouth like, like a, a leftist journalist. What are you doing? <laughs> like Mayorkas. Well, I have to uh, congratulate you, Ron, because you're doing really unbelievable work. And I think a lot of folks don't even know about this. But this uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, is a liar. But not just a liar. But what he's done, you know, we, we hear Donald Trump joke around about Hillary Clinton. She belongs in jail. Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, really does belong in jail, maybe four or five years. So, Ron, for folks that don't know, you tell them, why would that be the case? Well, he lied to Congress. Uh, we know now, because of testimony given to the House committees, uh, Mike Morrell basically said that it was Anthony Blinken that uh, – uh, set up the whole fraudulent letter from 51 former intelligence officials that uh, said that the Hunter Biden laptop had all the earmarks of a Russian information campaign. Uh, They knew it was authentic. I I really, you know, the FBI had the laptop in December 2019. Uh, Anthony Blinken, you know, we we had during our investigation, Senator Grassley and I, when we were investigating the Bidens during the the 2020, um, we, we did interview about 10 or 11 State Department officials. Uh, we'd scheduled to interview Anthony Blinken, but he canceled the interview. Uh, then he, you know, they won the election because of his fraud. Uh, then he wanted to be Secretary of State, so he kind of figured he better come in for that interview because at that point in time, I was on Senate Foreign Relations, and I'd be asking him questions he probably didn't want to answer uh, in his confirmation hearing. So he sat for an interview. 
And in that interview, he lied to us. Uh, he misled us. Uh, he was not forthright. But uh, specifically, you know, my, my investigators asked him uh, to what extent he was communicating with uh, Hunter Biden. I mean, you talked to him on the phone. He couldn't really recall that. And they said, well, how about other communications? Did you ever email or text him? And he outright said no. Well, let me ask you a question. Do, do, have... do you still have he outright said no? Now, you had the emails, so you knew he was lying. At that point, he perjured himself. Do you guys, Ron and, and uh, Grassy and the rest of you guys, do you still have those emails? Well, the emails were, came from Hunter Blind's laptop, you know, right. the very same laptop that he engineered the fraudulent letter on. Right. You know, we, have the, we have the transcribed interview. It's in black and white. He lied point blank, but, but, but it's actually worse than that, Sid, because, you know, he said he never texted or emailed Hunter Biden. We got the emails. He did. But his wife was also working the State Department. Now she works in the White House, but she was working the State Department back then under the Obama administration. She was basically the conduit between Hunter Biden and Anthony Blinken, and she was using her personal email account. Trying to arrange, for example, a phone call between Anthony Blinken and Burisma. That's that corrupt Ukrainian oil company that Hunter Biden sat on the board on. A, a phone call between their U.S. lobbying firm, a Democrat lobbying firm called Blue Star Strategies, and Anthony Blinken. So, again, it's, people have to understand how painstaking these investigations are. The people that do wrong, they don't try and leave evidence. They know what they did wrong. They hide evidence. They, they don't use a, their official accounts as they're supposed to. They use their personal accounts, and they never expect to get caught. And quite honestly, the Bidens, uh, they rely on the fact that they've got co-conspirators inside the media, inside these agencies. They're going to look the other way, that they're going to cover up for them. And no. That's what's been happening, but we're slowly but surely peeling back the layers of the onion. Yeah, I mean, it's been a couple of years. On the Hunter side, you've got my dear friend Miranda Devine here, Ron Johnson in New York, New York Post, and... She uncovered a whole bunch of this stuff initially. Then you had Tony Bobulinski there with the recently fired Tucker Carlson. Now you've got McCormick. He's another whistleblower who said he knows for a fact that Joe spoke to Hunter, knew he was on the board of Burisma early on when Joe said he didn't know. And now you've got the same stuff here with Anthony Blinken. So it's a very simple question. For the layman out there that doesn't watch you on Meet the Press on Sunday, uh, when will there be any indictments? When will people like Hunter Biden, Anthony Blinken, when will these people suffer, Ron Johnson, some repercussions? Well, unfortunately, we have that dual system of justice in this country. You've got, uh, you know, uh, justice for conservatives and the rest of us, and then you have uh, the non-justice for people well-connected in the Democrat circles like Hunter Biden. So you've got Merrick Garland, and we've got a whistleblower from, from the IRS uh, you know, saying that their, their investigation on his tax fraud is not in the up and up. Uh, it's very difficult, but accountability starts with exposure. These folks are being exposed as the liars they are, as the corrupt individuals that they are. And yeah, is, is Merrick Garland, who I think is probably one of the co-conspirators, is he going to prosecute Hunter Biden? You know, so the real accountability is in the elections. Uh, but part of our problem, this is a big problem, Sid, is you have the mainstream media. They are complicit. They are compliant. They are corrupt. They are covering. They're not journalists anymore. They're advocates for the left, for the radical left. And so it's not a fair fight. It's not a level playing field. We, the people, have to rise up. We have to get educated. And we got to vote these corrupt individuals out of office. You're right. That's uh, pretty much the only way to do it. Ron Johnson out of the state of Wisconsin, the great senator joining me this morning. So you've got Blinken caught uh, red-handed in a lie here. 
And then the other guy that lies every day, every day is Mayorkas, telling us that the border is closed, telling us that Title 42 didn't do very much, Title 8 is really going to be the difference maker, telling us that, you know, it's not as bad as you guys think it is. Mayorkas, he's another guy that should really go to jail yesterday. I know you've also been going after him quite a bit. What's the latest with that? Well, he certainly ought to be impeached. But, again, I I hate being a broken record here, but it's because of the corrupt media that's not covering the border. I mean, can you imagine if the border was open and you had literally five, six million people into this country now because of that open border under a Republican administration? I mean, you'd be seeing these pictures every day, every minute, every hour on the mainstream media, but they're not covering you know, it's, it's just conservative news outlets that are covering the crisis on the border, this this disaster on the border. And it's going to be an even larger disaster come May 11th when Title 42 goes away and there's no ability to deport these people. They're already massing at the border to come across because of Joe Biden's open border policy. So, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. This, the, the responsibility resides with Biden and Mayorkas. But equally as culpable as the mainstream media that's not beaming this into the homes of every American so that there's a level of outrage that would force even a corrupt administration like the Biden administration to finally secure the border and follow our laws, faithfully execute the laws. That's not what this president's doing. No, not at all. So now you've got uh, all these issues in and around the presidency, the people that work directly with them, Ron. And then I saw you talking about Chuck Todd and Meet the Press because I'd be friends with Chuck for many, many years, but he's losing me. I mean, what he did with Vivek on Sunday, trying to really convince Vivek that there's a third gender. It's not just boys and girls that he's missing the point. There's a third gender. But I saw you sitting with him about five or six weeks ago. And I got to give you credit, Ron. You showed amazing restraint and patience because he had a guest on before you that was a Democrat and a liar, mind you. And he gave that guy all the rope he could have to hang himself, never stopped him. Then you come on, you're making some salient points, and he wouldn't let you talk. He was beating the living daylights out of you. And you really, one part you got a little frustrated, but for the most part, you maintain your patience. How do you do that? How do you go on these shows with these liberal moderators and, and hosts when clearly they're out to get you? Well, first of all, that wasn't my first rodeo with uh, old Chuck Todd. Um, <laughs> you, you, you realize where you're up against. I told him on the, in that particular appearance, I said, Chuck, you're not inviting me on to interview me. You're inviting me on to argue with me. I mean, you are an advocate for the, for the radical left. And so you realize when you're going on these shows, you're not being interviewed by a journalist. You're being argued with by a radical leftist. And so, but you go on because you, it's, it's our only venue, our only avenue for us being able to communicate to the greater audience because the mainstream media just doesn't show the conservative point of view very often. So you still go on there, you expose yourself to that, into that abuse to hopefully uh, reach some people and get them to open up their eyes to what's happening in this country. I mean, this country is going down the tubes. Mm. I, I try and re- remind people, Venezuelans voted themselves into poverty over the course of a couple decades. It, it, was, it was the one vote for Hugo Chavez, and that country got destroyed. And it's on that path of destruction. And the vote for Obama first and now for Biden has put America on a, on a path of destruction. We've, we've got to get off it, but we'll own, the only way we get off it 
is if enough Americans have their eyes open to what is happening to us collectively. Have you been public, Ron Johnson, in your support of either Ron DeSantis or former President Donald Trump or any Republican for that matter? No, I, I don't endorse. I just don't endorse people. I let the, I let the Republican primary voters uh, choose our nominees, and then I get behind those nominees. I just think that's the, the best way, particularly some in Wisconsin, where we're such an equally divided state in primaries as well as, uh, you know, in, in the general elections as well. I, I want to be a, you know, a non, you know, a nonpartisan in, in these contests so that I can fully support the final nominee. Last one, Ukraine-Russia is a, um, it becomes pretty contentious on this show. I'm on record many times saying that I believe we're doing too much. Uh, and I've got friends, Republicans, big-time guys, I mean legends, that yell at me, well, people like you, that's why Hitler and, and uh, World War II and Putin is on his way to becoming that, and I just don't see that. But listen, what is your stance on Ukraine-Russia? How far do we go? Do we take it to the end like Joe Biden wants us to do? Or at some point do we say, hey, you've been fighting for a long time, go fight. We have our own problems here. Well, first of all, I think there's – had Trump been reelected, Putin never would have invaded. I think Biden, had he shown publicly the type of defensive weaponry we were providing and provided a lot more, we might have deterred Putin. But, but once the shooting start, started, there, there might have been a point in time with Western support that, that you know, Putin might have seen the light of day and said this isn't going to work and, and might have withdrawn. But that didn't happen. And, and we, so now we are here over a year later. And I, I don't envision that the situation for anybody is going to get better. It just gets worse and worse mm. and worse. Our European partners certainly not, aren't stepping up the plate. So from this has to end. And I think this is the moment where, where we need to try and end this for everybody's sake. How do you end um, it? What do you do? Well, you've got, to have, you, you've got to have that mindset. You've got to try and bring this to an end. Um, you know, this, this, this can't go on forever. Uh, it just can't. It's going to just, it's not a fair fight. You know, Putin can keep lobbing missiles and destroying infrastructure, killing civilians. We can't do that. Ukrainians can't do that. You can't lob missiles into Russia. They've got nuclear weapons. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a fair fight. You have to, you have to recognize the reality situation. It's a terrible reality. I think Americans do support the Ukrainian people, but uh, th- this has got to come to an end in some way, shape, or form. One more, the topic of abortion, Ron. I think you would agree when you look back to Election Day 2022, one of the reasons why it was not a great day for us, and it wasn't. We lost every major gubernatorial election. We barely held on to the House. We did not uh, get the Senate back. It was not a very good day. And when you talk to people, bipartisan, they'll tell you that the Republican stance on abortion, especially guys like Mike Pence and recently Ron DeSantis, that is not helping the Republican Party. Now, I'm a Republican, just so you know, Ron, but I'm pro-choice. I am not pro-life. Do you believe that the Republicans need to do a better job with the abortion issue if, in fact, they want changes in 2024? Well, Sid, what I propose during my campaign, and I'm actually going to hold a, a event to this extent where we have a, a one-time single-issue referendum in Wisconsin, to decide the question that needs to be decided. What point does society have the responsibility to protect life within the womb? Then I designed a referendum ballot. Got ten choices at conception, one month, two months, all the way down to nine months. And I'm I'm gonna hold a public event, hopefully in all eight districts in Wisconsin, where we're gonna have a pro choice 
presenter, a pro-life presenter. We're going to lay out the case because you need a good education campaign before you have that referendum. And then we're going to have a mock vote. And we're going to see where, where, where we would end up with in terms of protecting life. So that, that obviously recognizes a, a woman has a right up to a point, And then that life within her also has a right to life after that point. And that's that is the profound moral issue yep. that we, the people, need to decide. I don't want nine members of, of the Supreme Court, 535 members of Congress, or even 132 members of the Wisconsin legislature decide that for we, the people, we should do that through a well-thought-out and very well-educated prior to that referendum. Uh, that's how we should do this. Agreed 100%. Ron, you're a terrific guest. You're a great senator. You really are. And keep up the good fight against people like Anthony Blinken, the lying secretary of state, Mayorkas, lying to us about the border every day. And keep winning and keep talking, Ron Johnson. You're, you're a great American. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Take care. You got it, pal. Ron Johnson, Senator Wisconsin. I got to tell you, Madison is one of the great college towns in America. University of Wisconsin, the Badgers. You got the Milwaukee Brewers, Green Bay Packers, right? Laverne and Shirley. You got it all, folks.